Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that. To hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on the podcast network at risefmohio.com and on air at Rise FM. I am Scott here with Tom Russell for the session. And however you have found us, thank you for spending a few minutes with us. We are going to try and encourage you today, especially if you are a widow or a widower. That's right. So we're going to dig into this with some help from a a lady who knows of which she speaks, Mm -hmm. writing from the widow's perspective, if you will, with some tips from Miriam Neff. So we're going to dive into that for you. And remember, too, if you have an idea for the show that you'd like us to talk about, a topic to cover, uh, please let us know. You can just email me directly, scott at Mm. risefmohio.com. All right, Tom, before we dive in, let's go to God's Word. Yeah, Scott, let's do that. This is out of Psalm 91, verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. So it's he'll be a refuge uh, to be covered by his wings. And now, isn't that how birds do that? They, the chickens or eagles will pull all the little ones in and cover them with their wings when something's yeah. bad's happening. Yeah, isn't that awesome? And, and that's what our God would do for us. Exactly. Yeah, Scott, it was interesting, too, that we found 81 times that widow is mentioned in Scripture. That must be pretty important to our God. It must be. It must be. You know, the one widow story that stands out the most to me okay. is the story of the widow's might, uh-huh. where Jesus and the disciples are in, and Jesus is watching in the temple as people are bringing their offerings up. And he watches this woman who's a, obviously a widow. She drops two mites, the, the equivalent of about two cents. Right. Into the into the box, you know, clunk, clunk. And Jesus turned around and said, you know what? She gave more than anybody else right. because it was all she had. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. And she gave it out of, out of love and out of devotion, and that was something Jesus recognized as opposed to, you know, all the pomp and circumstance of the rich coming in to drop in their wealth. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it comes back to attitude of the heart. But that's another story for another time. Mm-hmm. We dive into seven tips to help widows. It's specifically directed at widows in the article, but we're going to talk, we'll try and weave in if there are differences for the widower. Because I think a lot of times, guys, they get left out of this. Right. Because it's assumed that we've got it covered. Well, we're going to handle it. No yeah. problem. No, no, we're not. <laughs> because it's usually our wives that got us through it. Yeah, that's for They're sure. the ones that have it together. Right. <laughs> I hadn't eaten a square meal for a number of years before <laughs> I got married to my wife. <laughs> and by the way, just so you can, you know where we're coming from, uh, Miriam is writing from the perspective of a widow. In fact, she has quite developed quite a ministry out of it called Widow Connection. 
com, and I'll try to remember to put that link in the show notes uh, on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. All right, let's dive in here. Tip number one for Miriam Neff. Well, Scott, it's important to stay connected. Don't assume they need space to grieve. So that could take a lot of different forms, a phone call, a text, things like that, inviting them to whatever's going on, checking in with them. Hey, I'm going to the store. Do you need anything? So that they feel connected. Do you want to come with? Yeah. And it's been said that usually they have all kinds of attention, all kinds of help approximately two to three weeks after the funeral. But then all of a sudden, like a faucet's turned off, it stops. That's important that we keep that in mind so that we can also be there when you know, people are, have thought, well, they're doing fine now. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, this, and this is something that I really see the church small group stepping up. Yeah. A lot of people will yell at the pastor, he didn't come visit me enough. Right. When really it should be the small group, the ones that they are most connected with. Right. That should be doing that visitation. Don't assume that that's a key phrase, Tom, to me. Don't assume they need space to grieve. Yeah. If you're if you're an introvert, okay. Maybe. You you don't mind staying right. inside. But if you're an extrovert mm-hmm. and you're alone in the house, uh oh. That would drive a you absolutely bonkers. It would. I would be hearing and seeing the paint move on the walls <laughs> and you know, hearing Absolutely nothing, but it'll sound like something to me. <laughs> yeah, that that would not be good to me. Uh, no, I remember when you were first, you'd first heard, broke your leg. Mm-hmm. You broke your hip. And we would do things by Zoom. Right. And I think you were about to climb the walls. That's right. Yeah. If it wasn't for the dogs climbing in your lap. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Finley typically found the hip that was broken, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. All right. That's tip right. number two for Miriam Neff. Do you say... Sorry for your loss. It is important to say I am at a loss for what to say rather than telling them your story. Do you say I understand? Don't. Do not say I understand because how could you? Right. And what does that do for the person grieving? That their grieving's not important and that you're grieving, the speaker saying, oh, yeah, I understand. I've, I've been there. Back in, you know, a couple of years ago when it was our family, and I went through it. I know what you're doing. I know what it's like. No, no, you don't, because everybody's different, Scott. See, I, I was wondering about that. I'm glad you mentioned that, because to me, if there's one person that could say, I understand, right? it's one widow to another, one widower to another. Right. Come on in. Tell me what you're going through. Let me share with you what I went through, and let's uh-huh. do this together. Well, you know, maybe, and that could be, but the one who is the most recent loss is the one who should have the floor, and then the one who's been through it, that should guide their decision-making on how they reach out. To be more of a listener than a talker. Yeah, yeah, to check in regularly, be motivated to do that. Even cards. Yeah. Sending somebody a card, say, I'm thinking of you. Yeah, definitely. Something like that. All right. So we're kind of talking through seven tips to help widows and widowers by Miriam Neff. And Tom, let's move on to that third point. Okay. Do attempt to engage them in some activity like going for a walk or going for coffee. Uh, do not say, call if you need anything. Because they're not going to need anything. Exactly. 
my grandparents' generation, even my mom, right, she doesn't need anything. Yeah. Dad's been gone four years. She doesn't need anything. Right. To hear her say that, but right. she still needs toilet paper and milk and But she doesn't need and... me to come down and help. She can handle it on her own. Right. My sister is there. Right. They got it. You don't need to come down. Well, and to get them out, even to go for a walk, is really, really good. That get them really out of the is. house. Yeah. I recently had coffee with a widower, and it was really great. You know, he... The individual was able to talk, and it went really well. And you know, it made me think, well, this is really good. You know, this is being part of the body of Christ. This is Jesus with skin on helping this individual. And, and you know, that's not a pat on my back. It's just what I experienced. And I want to say there ought to be more of that. Yeah, and what are you out? A little bit of time. I- exactly. It's been said that one of the greatest treatments for depression is to go out and help somebody who's worse off than you are and help them. I would also say that's one of the hardest sells in treatment is to get somebody to buy into that. Why? Well, for one, you're talking about a depressed person who doesn't have a lot of energy. You're talking about a depressed person. When you think about depression, Depression are your thoughts and feelings turned inward. You're more focused on what you're feeling and maybe more oblivious to your environment. So to ask them to climb through that and go out and help somebody is sometimes difficult. But boy, when you do, healing can happen faster than we think. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. So as we move on to the next one, Tom, it is important to tell stories about the deceased one. I saw this with my father-in-law when he died. Uh-huh. The family all got together. They went down in the basement and went through all of the slides he took over the years. Uh-huh. And they just went through the slides and they laughed and they told stories and they why'd you take a picture of that, dad? Yeah. And that was their way of yeah, of the grieving process. That was part of the healing starting. And that is so good to tell the stories about the deceased one, that's when my mom passed away, I've shared this before, that one of the ways that we grieved, our children, my wife and I, was that we made a list of her favorite, what we called Margaretisms. Her name was Margaret, but these were unique phrases just to her. Yep. Yeah, and it was fun, it was light, but it was also remembering grandma and mom. And it's okay to remember. Right. I don't know why that needs, it just feels important to me to say yeah. it's it's okay to remember. Well, that's true. I think part of the reason why it's problematic is you don't want to bring up the deceased's name to the widow because that might cause them to be emotional. Well, okay. Yeah. Maybe. Th- and that's okay too. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Because I know for me emotionally, I pack them in. Uh huh. I don't let emotions out, but honey, when I do, oh boy, oh boy, somebody's going to experience Vesuvius. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what the emails are saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, being able to let that stuff out because a lot of right. times you don't know how to do it. Right. And sometimes to have somebody to Vesuvius on can actually be helpful. 
Well, and it is. And if you're the one that's the target of the Vesuvius, <laughs> it's important to remember that you're helping them vent and it's really not directed at you. And that's in part really what you try and do in therapy some, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they do get it out and it's important for me to keep in perspective. This is just helping them. It's not about, you know, they're disappointed because there wasn't more toilet paper in our restroom at the office. <laughs> All right, so as we go through these seven tips from Miriam Neff about reaching out to the widow and the widower, is there anything different yet, Tom, as as we've kind of gone through this, we've kind of focused on the widow. Are there any differences that you see really in approaching the widower versus the widow and what we've done so far? Well, and it's got a great question. I I would say things like touching base with them, being more proactive and communicating with them is probably for the widower even more important. As we said earlier, they're not likely going to reach out as much as they could. And so I would encourage that, that they be proactive. The way guys grieve or they feel, we just were saying, swallow their feelings. Well, it's important then that we help encourage them to do something there. I know with my with my grandfather after Grandma passed, and she was gone for a lot of years mm-hmm. before Grandpa passed. And... To their credit, his four kids, three of the four, did a good job of keeping in touch with him, even though right. they were two of two of the three were out of state. Right. And my mom would call him and say, Dad, how you doing? Okay, what's going on here? And well, how's this going on? And are you going to church? And, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's where Grandpa ultimately connected was through his church. And he had uh, one, one daughter that and Bev kept in touch with him. She was power of attorney, mm-hmm. so she kept talking to him. She was over at the house and that kind of thing. And that was, I think that was important for Grandpa for those remaining years he had. Well, and I think that's really a good point, too, because you've heard these stories of couples that have been married 50 years and one of them passes away, and then a couple of weeks later, the other one does. Well, the loneliness can really impact the will to live. So it is important that we stay connected early and often and regular. So we're running through these tips from Miriam Neff today on the session. And the next one, Tom, it is important to invite the widow or widower to do anything. Yes. Emphasis mine, but (laughs) anything. For sure. Yeah. And that's good. How about going to a ball game? Or if you have a chance to go on a boat ride or something like that, get them out of the house as as much as possible. Go to the zoo with the grandkids. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know what, I've got to make a trip to Columbus for something. Why don't you just ride along with me? We want to be creative there. And how does that impact the person who's being asked is, you know, maybe they feel a little more loved, a little more cared for. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that I worry about that some with my mom, even though my sister is living with her. Mm-hmm. Since dad's passed, she has been out of that house and out of the state of Florida maybe twice mm-hmm. since dad died. Mm-hmm. And one of those times with her, was Hurricane Ian. Oh. And she oh. has mm. never left the house mm. since Hurricane Ian. Interesting. And I worry about that with her, that she's just putzing around the house and goes out and pulls weeds until she gets too hot. And I, I worry about her. I keep saying Lorraine, take her somewhere. Yeah. You know, goes, I mean, they go to the store together and they do that. They run errands together. But take a vacation and go to Kentucky. 
There you go. Go where she used to live that she has people she knows. That would be very good. And I can't that that's frustrating for me because I can't seem to get through their thick shrock skulls. To... <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I am Amish on my mom's side. Very Amish. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you if you have that in your relation, you know of which I speak. All right. So to do anything, they still yeah. want to be involved in couples events. Now I've I want to I want to question you about that. Yeah. Right. Why would a widow or a widower want to be involved in couples events? Isn't that just bringing it all back? Well, and to some degree it is. And, you know, Scott, I think off the air we were talking about the potential that maybe introverts may not be on board with it. Extroverts, well, might be more okay with it. And really it, it depends on what their the activity is. If it's a casual meal, you know, at Applebee's or something, then why not? And, and right. they're more likely to go. But there are those, and particularly the introverts or those who are, are not ready to be out, will certainly fall back on, you know what, I don't want to be a fifth wheel. Right. So that does happen. But I think we have to just play each person grieving is different. Depends on what their wiring is. And yeah. we have to remember that. It's, there's, everybody is different. Right. And so how do you push them? Well, that's kind of a hard comment in the first place. Right. But there's got to be a uh, just balance between, yeah, okay, I understand, no problem, and what's really going on here? Yeah. Uh, are you really avoiding what's happening? Yeah. So that becomes important. Now, it's, it's important to remember, too, that, you know, men and women, we are from different planets. That's right. <laughs> I have so much fun with that with my couples. Yeah. When wives expect their husbands to know something that is just natural to the wife and they don't. I, I remind the wife, keep in mind, he didn't come from your planet. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they speak different languages. That's true. Yes. yes. Yeah. So you have to learn that. And, and they fold their bath towels different. <laughs> if they fold them at all. <laughs> That's right. Let's, let's be honest about it. <laughs> all right, number six. If, I think we're going to get through this, Tom. Hey, how about that? If you're going to make an offer to a grieving person, make sure you follow through and go or do whatever you say to follow through. It is important to make an offer and you follow through because they may not have the coping mechanism right now to deal with, oh yeah, you said, but where are you? Yeah, here I'm dressed, I'm sitting on the porch and you're standing me up. Yeah, oh, that's not good. Yeah. That doesn't work. Especially yeah. with the widower. The, the widower doesn't, they don't get dressed up as much anymore. That's and they true. go to make an effort and you stand them up. Oh yeah. Guess yeah. where they're not gonna who they're not gonna go out with next time you call and invite. Uh, yeah. It also then begins to create a trust issue. Mm-hmm. Which is not good. Right. All right, number seven. Here we go. Do not assume that they're going through the same grieving process as the books lay out. And there are untold books and yeah. probably podcasts now about grieving. Everybody ain't gonna do it the same way. That's the Scotty's translation. <laughs> Keep in mind, their grieving could be totally different. Well, that's true. Uh, Kibler Ross wrote a lot about the grieving process. So they would lay out, this is the plan, and, and some of the grieving process follows were steps like denial and anger and bargaining and finally eventually leading to acceptance. But not everybody follows those exact 
patterns. And believe it or not, some people get stuck in some of those stages. And that's where you can come in to help them kind of get unstuck. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And don't let's let's kind of dig. There's your here's your, the rabbit hole. You 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 kind of brought it up, so I'm going to jump into it. Why not? All right. So, seeing someone a widower or a widower, and they are stuck. They just mm-hmm. can't get past something. And you are one of their children, maybe one of their older an adult grandchild, and you want to try to help them. Maybe seek out a counselor and get that help. Right. How do you approach them to do that? Do you just walk in and say, here we go, Grandpa, we're going to counseling? Yeah. I want to make sure I get it right. How do you get the individual to go in for counseling? How how do you get them open to the idea of going into counseling to to make the next steps? Well, there's over the years, I've come up with a few tricks up my sleeve (laughs) to try and help when it's difficult. For one, probably one that's more intrusive is where you have a support system and a, a support team, and they kind of gather together at the same time, and it, it's kind of an intervention. Yeah, yeah, an intervention. That one's a little more intrusive if other things don't work, but lovingly being able to try and say, and if that doesn't work, then what does work at times is if they contact me, I really want to. But I don't know if I can get Grandpa to come in. Well, ask Grandpa to come in and help me help granddaughter. That might sound funny. That sounds backwards. It is. Sideways. Yeah. So the idea is he's coming in to help the counselor with information that would be helpful to the granddaughter. Okay. And the reason why that sounds weird... But it's really effective because it makes it safer for them to come in. We develop a relationship, and if he feels comfortable, then maybe he begins to open up. Okay. If there's another one that, that also w- would be, why don't you come in together? That's what I was. That's the one I was thinking would be the most effective. Yeah, and it oftentimes is, and that's why we do intakes to make sure that we understand who's the patient and who isn't. What's the issue and what isn't? Okay, let's talk about intake for just a second then as we get toward the end today. Um, how does that work at Heritage? How do, you, how do you do that? Well, we have an official intake that has a number of different papers in it <laughs> that covers things like cancellations and HIPAA and payment and a consent to, to treat. And then it, there are checklists that go through things like history, medical history, has there been cancer in your family, heart disease, stuff like that? And then there's these these checklists that if you're feeling depressed, you know, you, you check this box. If if you felt anxious, you check this box. If you've lost appetite or you're not sleeping, it's kind of a big, long checklist. So that instantly when they come in, we have some idea what's going on. Now, a lot of that is waived if we get a notice of someone who's in crisis and they'll come in. We just immediately go to the crisis and we start to take care of them. So that makes it more doable, makes it easier. But now each of our staff, putting them in position to be successful and their artistic expression of our science of psychology, start out their sessions different now. A lot of them that were in supervision with me, 
use the same kind of initial in-session intake. Uh, what's all that mean? Yeah. Right. So the very first session, they come in my office. I'm going to ask them three questions. It gets us started. Uh-huh. And by the time we get through the questions, they feel comfortable and and they're actually able to open up and it becomes very productive even in the first intake. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, the, so it really intake, if we're doing it the traditional way, it's not a crisis. Really, your first visit is intake. Right. And then you then you go ahead and schedule moving forward. Right. And so we try to get the intake done before when they schedule an appointment, our staff will say to them, hey, you can come in and fill it out early. We can email it to you and you can oh, print it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You can print it out, send it back. Okay. All right. Okay. We okay. kind of, we, we did a little rabbit trail there with intake, but I thought sure. it was important to maybe just let the listener know today what, you know, how it works. Right. And maybe make that easier for the widower, the widower that's saying, you know, I could use some help. So sometimes it can be taking that first step. And sometimes, Tom, that first step can be reaching out to a counselor maybe to help if you see someone stuck in that grieving process and they can't get past a certain thing. Sitting down with a, a Christian counselor can be helpful, and maybe you're the one. How can they sit with you, down with you to chat? I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And remember, when you want to reach out to uh, Miriam Neff, perhaps, or find out more about what Miriam's ministry is about, it is widowconnection.com. And thanks for joining us on the session. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.